Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I recently put out a blog about how to make fat loss friendly choices when you're eating at fast casual restaurants. And in the States, those are places like Chipotle or Jimmy John's or Chick-fil-A. And even if you're not in the States, there are similar types of restaurants um, throughout the world. And so just choices that you can make to stay in line with your goals, no matter where you are, no matter how much time you have, no matter what your budget is, no no matter where you end up for lunch. And I wanted to take that to the next level today and talk about how to make fat loss friendly choices no matter what genre of restaurant you're at. Not necessarily fast casual, but at a Mexican restaurant or an Italian restaurant, or if you're out for sushi or for pizza. And before I dive into today's topic, I just wanna say this, you guys are awesome about sending me your questions, your struggles, your challenges. Sometimes you send them through the contact form on primalpotential.com, which is great. But recently there's been more of those things coming in. And sometimes what happens is when you use the contact form on primalpotential.com, you have to put in your email address. And some of you are mistyping your email address. And here's the deal, I respond to everybody, but sometimes when they come in through the contact form, as opposed to you just emailing me or responding to an email because you're on the VIP email list, and I can't respond, it bounces back because the email address that you entered on the contact form is incorrect. So in particular, and it drives me bananas, not, not in frustration, but because I'm thinking, oh no, they're gonna think I didn't respond. So if you didn't get a response from me and it, you put in your email through the contact form, it is very likely because you mistyped your email address. And that happens all the time. Maybe you put a different number or the wrong letter. Um, but I do try to kind of, figure it out as best I can. Like if you just switch two letters in your name, that's pretty easy to figure out. But in this case, um, a female sent me an email and I'm hoping that she's listening to the podcast. I don't want to say her name, but it was related to chewing food and spitting it out instead of swallowing. And I have a detailed response to her that I really want to get to her. I don't want you to think that I didn't respond. It's just that your email came in through the contact form and the email address was not correct. So when I tried to reach back out to you, it got kicked back. And it's been driving me crazy because I don't want you to think that I don't want to help. I really do want to help. So if you are listening and you sent me an email a couple of days ago related to chewing your food and spitting it out as opposed to swallowing it, please, please, please shoot me an email from your email address um, so that I can get back to you because I genuinely, I want to help everybody. It's not just this individual. I respond to every single email. And so if for some reason you send me an email and you don't get a response, there's something wrong with the email address. And that usually only happens when it comes in through the contact form and somebody has mistyped their email address. So anyway, sorry to kind of pause 
to get that off my chest. But if you're listening, please, please, please email me again because I do really want to help. All right, let's talk about eating out and making fat loss friendly choices no matter where you are. Here's the deal. We talk a lot about all or nothing. This mentality of we either have to be totally perfect or we're totally off the rails. And that attitude, that mentality really holds us back because who's perfect all the time, right? And if you're striving for perfection and then you disappoint yourself because you were imperfect, well, then you're setting yourself up to not really be able to make progress because you're going to fall short of perfect most of the time. And this is a mentality that many of us take into dining out. And we think, well, if we don't make the perfect choice, then we've screwed the pooch and we should just eat whatever we want. And that's really, really not the case. So when it comes to eating out, I am going to talk about some of the more gold standard choices like at this type of restaurant. This would be the most fat loss friendly thing, but I want to be so abundantly clear right out of the gate, that this is about a spectrum, improving your existing choices, not going for the perfect choice. It is about making progress. Your body will make progress when you improve your choices. You do not have to go and do a 180 on what you order at your favorite Italian restaurant, right? First and foremost, acknowledge your baseline, You have to do that so that you can make a slightly improved choice. You can make results by just slightly improving your choice and then adjusting and improving over time. So if you go to an Italian restaurant and your baseline is lots of bread from the bread basket and a couple of glasses of wine and a plate of pasta and some dessert, that's cool. That There's no judgment, right? That's your baseline. So you don't have to say, I can't have the wine and I can't have the bread and I can't have dessert and I can't order pasta anymore. I just can't go to that restaurant. Bull. All you have to do is make progress. So to establish how to make progress for you, once you've acknowledged your baseline, for me, I used to go to this particular Mexican restaurant and I knew what I would always order there. If you know your baseline, you can make a slight adjustment very easily. So ask yourself, What is it about that meal experience that you enjoy the very, very most, right? If you can look at that and say, honestly, I kind of just eat the bread mindlessly because it's there. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's not amazing. Maybe that's your first go-to. You continue to enjoy your wine and your pasta and your dessert, but you drop the bread because it's not really adding much to the experience. That represents an improvement and that can lead you to progress, fat loss, progress, progress towards your goals. Or maybe that's not the case. Maybe you feel like the bread is amazing and the first piece is incredible, but then the second and the third piece are kind of just habit. It's there. You're bored. You're waiting. There's not great conversation. So maybe you say, you know what? I'm going to really mindfully enjoy that first piece of bread, but then I know it. I know what it tastes like. I know what I'm getting and I'm just going to leave it at one and done after one and continue the rest of your meal. Maybe the bread is totally out of this world and you want to eat the whole basket. Great. Fantastic. Right? But maybe the wine is just average. It's not great. So you opt to stick with the bread and the pasta. That represents an improvement. Is it the gold standard? No. Does it matter? Not at all. Can you make progress just with progress? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we look at eating out and strategies for eating out, they're the same whether we're at home or we're out to eat. 
So what we really want to focus on, no matter where we are, no matter what type of restaurant, or if we're at home, or if we're eating in our car, we want to focus on keeping our blood sugar steady and stable so that we avoid those peaks and valleys. When we go into a restaurant and it's the bread basket or the chips and alcohol, we are taking our blood sugar on a ride. And that is putting us into storage mode. When we elevate blood sugar, we get that insulin response. Body is saying, we got to do something with all this sugar in the pipeline. You cannot be burning fat in that state, right? So we want to stabilize blood sugar and focus on progress. Now, some people might say, well, I don't know what represents progress. Other than eating less, what is a better choice? Whether we're at home or we're out to eat, we want to focus on protein, vegetables, and healthy fats, right? We would like, ideally, working towards the goal of stabilizing blood sugar, to have any carbohydrate, whether it's rice, beans, bread, uh, chips, that should be sort of the side dish as opposed to the main event. Oftentimes, if we look at what we eat when we're out, carbs and sugar are the main event, whether it's from the alcohol, the appetizers, the entree, the dessert. We want to move down the spectrum towards not having that be the main event. The main event should be the proteins, the vegetables, and healthy fats, right? When we have multiple carbs in a meal or several cups of pasta, that is a blood sugar bomb. And that is not to say that you cannot have pasta or rice or bread. That's not it at all. You can. We just don't want it to be the primary portion or the predominant macronutrient of the meal. And oftentimes that's what we're doing. So we want to move down the spectrum away from that down the spectrum towards the bulk of the meal being protein and vegetables and healthy fats with the accessory to the meal being carbohydrate. So let's talk about different categories of restaurants. And no matter where you are in the world, as you listen to this, there we might not have the same exact restaurants, right, in terms of chains or, or just restaurants in general, but we all have kind of the same genres, right? So let's talk about Mexican. And I was surprised when I posted on Facebook for recommendations, places where you feel like it's a struggle that Mexican came up. Now, I personally, me, Elizabeth, I feel like Mexican is one of the easiest types of restaurants at which to make good food choices. But I'll say this. Mexican food was one of the biggest contributors to my obesity. So you can do Mexican very wrong when it comes to fat loss. I used to seriously overeat Mexican food. I would go through a couple of baskets of chips, usually with queso, always with salsa, usually with guac. Then I would get a chimichanga, right? Flour tortilla, rice in there. I'd eat the rice and the beans that came with the chimichanga. So yeah, fat and carb bomb. Vegetables and protein were not even near the main event of that meal. It was all about the carbs, then the fat, then some protein, and trace amounts of vegetables. So yes, Mexican can go really wrong, and it usually starts with the basket of chips, but it can also go really, really right once you start practicing. Is it easy to avoid the chip basket? Probably not initially for most people, and if you're one of those lucky few, congratulations, kudos. But here's what I realized about myself, and this is what I challenge my clients to think about too. When you're sitting there eating the chips, are you savoring every bite or is it kind of mindless? 
you're chatting, you're looking over the menu, they're there, and it's almost automatic. Like your hand is just magnetized to that basket of chips and it's just on autopilot. I realized that to me, they didn't usually taste like much. It was crunchy and salty, and it was a vehicle for what I really wanted, which was queso and salsa and guacamole, right? So my first step with Mexican, because I used to do Mexican food a lot, uh, multiple times a week. I started skipping the chips, but I still got the queso and the salsa and the guacamole, right? And I would eat it either with my meal or just with a fork. And that represented an improvement to me. Was I still getting a chimichanga and a flour tortilla and rice and beans? Yeah. But just avoiding a basket of chips represented a huge improvement for me. And all we have to do for our body to respond is make progress, right? So maybe that's not your thing, but maybe it is. Maybe you're a margarita and chips and or quesadilla chimichanga kind of person, what represents one degree of improvement? Can you let the margarita go in favor of the chips? Can you let the chips go in favor of the margarita? Can you skip the rice and the beans in favor of the tortilla in your quesadilla or your chimichanga, right? I would challenge you to say, this is sort of my standard. This is what it looks like. Don't kind of try to paint a rosier picture than actually what is. But really establish your baseline and then what is one degree of improvement from there? Now, as far as the gold standard, what would be a legit win at a Mexican restaurant? Let's think about how you can order veggies and protein and some healthy fats at a Mexican restaurant. Fajitas is the easy win here, right? You can pass on the tortillas as far as a gold standard choice of really just emphasizing being as lean as possible and emphasizing the protein and the veggies, right? A big plate of steak or chicken or shrimp with vegetables. Now when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I'm so satisfied with my big plate of meat and veggies and a side of guacamole and a side of salsa. And I'll tell them, hold the tortillas. I don't need them. But you can absolutely go for the tortillas if that represents an improvement for you. Or you could do something like stuffed poblano peppers. Sure, there's often rice in them, but does that represent an improvement compared to what you would normally get? Or the basket of chips or the side of rice and beans, right? This is one of those things where the pursuit of perfection can really throw us off. If somebody brings the chip basket and you dive in and have 10 and you feel like, oh, I screwed it up. Did you really? I mean, if you would normally eat two baskets between you and whoever you're out with and you had 10 chips, doesn't that represent an improvement? Absolutely. What is the point of beating yourself up for having some some tortilla chips? I mean, as long as it represents an improvement, be proud of that. That is progress. Another specific request for a type of restaurant that people struggle with is Chinese food. And I think this could be more broadly... Um, kind of classified as maybe Asian food, Asian style food. Um, and obviously there are differences. Don't, I, I know there are differences between Chinese food and Japanese food and Thai food and all. Like, I get it. Uh-huh. Sure. We're going to lump all that stuff here together because this was a specific request. And oftentimes there's a lot of sauces with these foods. And those sauces tend to have quite a bit of sugar. There's a lot of rice. There's a lot of dumplings. But... Remembering that sort of spectrum we're moving towards of emphasizing the proteins and the vegetables and the healthy fats, there's a ton of meat and veggie options with Asian food. And we want to do the same thing here and talk about what represents an improvement. 
look at your baseline. What do you normally do? Do you normally start out with say like a dumpling soup or eat lots of rice with whatever your sweet sauce, maybe some egg rolls? Look at what you really enjoy the most. What do you not want to give up? And then what, you know, what are you just kind of eating because it's there? Do you love the rice? Do you think that it's absolutely amazing? Like if they just brought you a bowl of white rice, would you be super pumped and crazy excited about it? Or is it just kind of bland and a vehicle, right? Now there's nothing wrong. If you say, yes, I love the rice, fantastic. But how can you make an improvement there? Do you need to have two cups, right? Maybe just having a half a cup of, or one cup represents a significant improvement if you love the rice. But I think many of us eat it because it's there and it's a vehicle, but what does it really taste like? Is it really where you're getting your enjoyment in that meal? And if it's not, let it go. Let it go. The other thing to keep in mind is the portion size, and this isn't specific to Asian restaurants, this is just in general to eating out, the portion size tends to be huge. So wouldn't it represent an improvement if say you took half of the order and at the beginning of the meal said, can you box up half of this? Now you certainly can wait till the end of the meal to do that, but that requires a little bit more willpower, right? Take half of it home for the next day. These portions do tend to be much larger than what we would eat at home. And I totally understand feeling like I paid for it, I wanna get my money's worth and don't wanna be wasteful. So you have another meal for the next day. Or split the meal with your partner. Maybe share an appetizer and share an entree, right? And that generally will represent an improvement for most people just because even though the quality of your food hasn't changed, the quantity has, and that makes a big difference, right? Chinese restaurants or just Asian restaurants in general is sometimes where I'll take advantage of the strategy of looking at the appetizer menu. Maybe there are a couple of appetizers that I would really enjoy instead of one entree. And oftentimes there are simpler, less complex options on the appetizer menu that don't come with all the add-ons, right? So it's not gonna come with a huge bowl of rice. Maybe something like spare ribs or egg drop soup, right? And the sauces, people panic about the sauces. Are they ideal? No. Are they a huge rock? No, probably not. The issue is not the sauce. The issue is that you had it with two egg rolls and you had two cups of rice and you had some drinks, right? So I will happily order beef with broccoli, even though I know there's some kind of sauce, it's still better than say fried rice or lo mein. Focus on veggies and meat, like protein, right? That is the focus, move along that Spectrum, maybe you get something like cashew chicken. There's always a ton of options and you can either say hold the rice or eat half the rice or just eat the same thing you would normally eat but pack away leftovers for a meal the next day. All right, Italian food. Yes, you can go crazy here with bread and wine and pasta and sugary desserts. But again, same strategy. What do you love the most? Is it the tiramisu? Is it amazing and you have to have it? Great, enjoy that, but maybe pass on the wine if you're gonna do dessert. Or don't get a pasta dish if you know you want to have some bread or you know you want to have dessert. It is not impossible to go to an Italian restaurant and not eat pasta or not overindulge in pasta. pasta. You absolutely can. 
I will look at, again here, the appetizer menu. I love a good caprese salad with mozzarella and basil and tomato. Sometimes ordering off the appetizer menu is a win. How about an antipasta plate, right? You can't go wrong with a variety of cheeses and meats and veggies. I personally am often very, very satisfied by that, and I don't leave feeling like a fatted calf that has to be rolled out the door because, I don't know about you, that's awfully uncomfortable, and I'm usually not too proud of myself after that. And the cravings that come the next day can be vicious, absolutely vicious. And then instead of looking over the pasta menu, look at the carne section, right? The meat section. There's often great steak dishes or chicken dishes. Does pasta come with it? Okay, great. Big deal. Have a few bites. Is it amazing? Awesome. Enjoy it. Does your choice represent an improvement to you? Can you take some leftovers home and just get the meal you love and eat less of it? There are so many different ways to make progress. We just want to avoid falling into that trap of striving for, for perfection or feeling like a failure if you have pasta. It's not like that. It's relative to your baseline. One of the easiest places is the traditional American burger joint. I love this. I never feel challenged at a burger joint. Do I like fries? Yeah, sure, I like fries. But honestly, after the first five or ten, I've really satisfied my, my desire for fries. I don't really feel like I need more. So you can have a few and let it go. Or you can get sweet potato fries. Or you can skip them all together and you won't die. Just make sure that you're getting an entree that you really love and enjoy. I like to enjoy a burger without the bun. To me, the bun doesn't usually taste like anything. It's more of a vehicle. And listen, I want to taste the meat. I want to taste the flavor of the meat. And I kind of feel like, for me personally, the bun detracts from that. But if you are a big if I say a big bun person, man, I'm going to get emails, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're a big bun person, eat it. There, I said it. Eat the buns. Um, eat the buns. But maybe you have half of it, right? Or maybe you decide that you want to give it a try to get it as a lettuce wrap or get a slightly more indulgent burger. Instead of just getting a plain cheeseburger with a bun, maybe you go with a burger that has a fried egg on it and some avocado. It's just a little bit more flavorful and you feel like that helps you skip the bun. Or if you typically do the bun and fries, do one or the other, or do half of the bun and half of the fries, right? There's so many ways. Or if you're somebody that kind of overdoes it with the fat, getting like a double bacon cheeseburger with egg and, egg and avocado, scale back on the fats. Maybe you do bacon or cheese, or bacon and cheese, but not egg and avocado, or vice versa, all right? So tons of options there. Steakhouses. Same sort of strategy as all of these, really. Focus on the protein and the veggies. When you go to a steakhouse, get a steak. Get a steak and a delicious side of vegetables, right? You don't necessarily have to get chicken fried steak. You don't necessarily have to get anything fried or battered. Get a piece of really high quality meat and savor it, enjoy it. And oftentimes steakhouses have killer salads. And I'll say this, there's nothing worse than a bland house salad that's just iceberg, lettuce, and some shaved carrot, right? Stay away from that, it's totally dissatisfying. And if you're somebody who loves the bland house salad, kudos to you, that is not my thing, right? But the other thing about steakhouses 
And it just depends on where you are. Oftentimes, there are fantastic appetizer options on steakhouse menus. I'll go for, say, shrimp cocktail or sashimi tuna or oysters Rockefeller, right? So don't forget about that appetizer menu. Now, I'm not saying get two appetizers and an entree, but maybe if there's nothing on the entree menu that's really screaming to you, but you want to get two appetizers, go for it. Go crazy. And with your entree, you don't need a baked potato the size of your head. Ask yourself, do I love the potato? Is it amazing? Can I not get enough? If it is, great, eat it. But for most people, that's probably not the case. And don't think that salads are necessarily your best option. You really have to consider, does this particular salad represent an improvement to me? If you would normally get a beautiful steak and a side of vegetables, then a salad with cheese and bacon and hard-boiled egg and dried fruit and some sugary dressing probably doesn't represent an improvement for you in this case. Sushi places can go really well or they can go really poorly. One of the things with sushi is you really have to watch your portions. Oftentimes, if you get some big platter, it is easy to throw down your weight in sushi. So from a portion standpoint, what represents an improvement? Do you normally knock back three rolls? Great. Stop at two and a half. That represents an improvement, and I think that's great. And a lot of places will roll your sushi without rice. So look and see if that is an option. Or focus on sashimi instead of a traditional sushi roll with rice if they won't wrap your rolls without rice. The pizza joint. This is the last one that I want to talk about here. And a lot of people get tripped up if they go to a traditional pizza restaurant. Here's the deal. Ask yourself this. Do you want pizza? If you are dying for pizza, please don't go into a pizza joint and sit there and watch everybody eat or sip on your water and get a really unremarkable chef salad. If you want pizza, eat pizza. Understand your baseline. What is your baseline? Do you normally have two slices? Well, try seeing if you can have one and be really satisfied or one and a half. Do you normally have four slices and dessert? Have three slices, right? What represents an improvement? It doesn't mean that you can never go to a pizza place. Just understand that you make you get results when you make progress and progress does not require perfection, right? Are you there and you don't want pizza? Great, get a salad. Sometimes they have a good caprese salad or a, a chicken salad or a steak salad. Don't eat pizza if you don't want pizza. And remember that hunger isn't an emergency. Like, it's okay if there's nothing that looks good for you. It's okay to be like, meh, I'll wait till later. Who cares what other people think? Why do people get so hung up on what other people think of their food choices? They might give it 10 seconds of thought, and then they're focusing about themselves. So let it go. What about fast casual restaurants? And that's a great question. I just did an entire blog post uh, the other day, and I will link to it on the show notes page with 10 different fast casual restaurants that are commonly available in the States and choices that I personally make there. It's not to say that it's your choice or the best choice, but my choices at places like Chipotle, Jimmy John's, Witch Witch, Salsaritas, Jason's Deli, Zoe's Kitchen. Um, So definitely check out that blog post, but the same strategy applies. If you go to a fast, casual Mexican-style place like a Chipotle or a Moe's or a Salsaritas, and you normally get a burrito with rice and beans and chips, maybe pick rice or beans, right? Or maybe you normally get cheese and sour cream and guacamole. Maybe you transition to two out of those three, right? So there's so many options here. 
want a quick reminder here, if you are the young woman who emailed me through the contact form on primalpotential.com about chewing up our food and spitting it out, please send me another email because it bounced back. The email address that you entered was invalid. Let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Uh, I started the day with just black coffee, drank a lot of it. I was working a lot this weekend, so I had a lot of coffee. And then I had two cups of Greek yogurt, hormone-free, because I just wanted something convenient and easy. And then I got takeout uh, as really my primary meal of the day, but it was a lot of food, so I split it up as two meals. And that was a double beef burger with egg and a Cobb salad and sweet potato fries. So that's a lot of food, more than I would need for a meal, especially on a day that I didn't work out. Uh, so I split that up over two meals, the double beef burger with an egg and Cobb salad, no dressing, uh, because the egg and the cheese really kind of um, gave enough moisture to the salad, and then sweet potato fries. So that is what I ate yesterday. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If there's a type of restaurant I did not cover, shoot me an email, elizabeth at primalpotential.com, and let me know. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building. Visit Cons today and find out what invincible feels like. Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.